The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. In a game that felt an awful lot like last night, the Royals emerge victorious again in a fashion that will make longtime suffering Royals fans. If you're in your mid-30s or below, you've got to be feeling high as a kite right now. Even if you're older, you're feeling high as a kite. But especially for those of us who have never really experienced a true pennant race when you're going for the division crown and have a lead this late in the season, this is what cocaine must be like, right? <laughs> I think hopefully you're a dare graduate like myself and drug-free. It's Devo welcoming you to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. I believe that's our second cocaine reference of the year here. <laughs> on your dish. So there you go. The cops are starting to look at me, I guess, right? I'm clean. Don't worry. The Royals once again go down one nothing tonight in the top of the seventh, just like last night, and then they came back again against a dominating twin starter. I mean, last night technically it was against the bullpen, but, I mean, tonight the Royals were dominated by, by Phil Hughes. What did they score up? Two balls in the first seven innings. Maybe two balls were hit hard in the first seven innings. And it's not only that. It's the fact that they were – only seeing 10 pitches an inning. Phil Hughes had only thrown 70 pitches through seven innings. You realize he could have gotten 11 innings at that pace? 11 times 10 is 110 pitches. He could have gotten 11 innings at the pace the Royals were seeing pitches, but then they saw well over 20 from him in that eighth. They decided to not wait until the ninth tonight, not wait for a walk-off. They decided to just go to work, manufacture some runs, they get some big hits, more frenzy hitting, six runs. Royals go on to win 6-1, batting 10 in that six-run eighth inning. But before we get to that, though, let's pay homage to the Thunder from Down Under tonight, which actually is a male strip show, so let's not call Liam Hendricks that. <laughs> My apologies, Lee. We're not going to call you the Thunder from Down Under. We are going to call you what? What are we going to call him? The Outback King? Outback Ace? That's pathetic. I haven't, I haven't thought about this. Give me, some, give me some credit here. But Hendricks stepped in, spot start big time for Jordano Ventura tonight. You cannot go... Uh, you can't talk enough about how well Hendricks threw the ball tonight. Seven innings of one-run ball allowed just four hits, five Ks, zero walks. And we mentioned the Royals maybe scored up two balls in the first seven. Off of Hughes, the Twins, maybe three balls, maybe four, I guess, the Gordon catch. There was, of course, the, the double that was smoked by Arcia. I mean, maybe four balls were hit hard by the Twins. But that was a legit one-run in seven innings given up by Hendricks. Just an awesome night for him. You can't say enough about it. He topped out at 93 there, sitting about six rows back. He looked great. The ball was dancing. 93 was the fastball where he topped out at, sitting about 90, 91 the whole night, and off-speed stuff as low as 75. So a nice little 20-mile-an-hour range there. The curveball was dropping off the table. Uh, breaking pitch was, was good for him all night. And the fact that he was keeping the ball down Likely could have gotten another inning, too. Seven innings, had 94 pitches, so had the Royals had a nice lead, he could have given you one more inning into that eighth inning. But, I mean, been pitching great since he came over. And once again, a feather in the hat of Dayton Moore. We talked about last night how great it's been getting Eric Kratz. I mean, Danny Valencia was a nice player against left-handed pitching, but that's about all he was good for. He couldn't play defense better than average at best at third base. He couldn't run. He couldn't really play any of the positions. I mean, you had him in there to just hit against lefties. I mean, he was good against lefties, as he always has, but not good enough to justify really carrying him on a playoff-type bench down the stretch or into the playoffs. So Cologne upgrades the team right away. Kratz is a huge upgrade over Hayes, and we did say that's also a slight negative to Dayton Moore for waiting so long to make a move like that with as bad as Hayes has been all year. But then you get Hendricks on that trade as well. So basically you add Cologne, Hendricks, and, and Kratz. And think of it this way. The Royals gave up David Lowe 
in exchange for Liam Hendricks and Eric Kratz. That's a good trade for the Royals because, you know, Lowe got them Valencia, who got them those two guys, and essentially almost Cologne. So a nice move by Dayton Moore and a great night by Hendricks. You can't say enough about him. I mean, first of all, the obvious reason is it allowed the Royals to stay in the game and ultimately win the game. But two, the other great thing about Hendricks tonight, if you think about it, who is the next team that his rotation slot will face? The Texas Rangers on Monday. So the Texas Rangers on Monday, there's no reason the Royals can't give your Donovan Ventura one more outing on the side. Just one more, sit one more out. He's got some back fluid. They're kind of iffy. It sounds like it's 60-40. He's back for his next start coming into tonight. No reason to not give him one more start off now. Hendricks deserves one more look, and you can trust him against the Texas Rangers at the K, I think. So I think it allows you to let Ventura sit on the side for one more game. Hopefully it allows you to not go out and waste money and prospects to get Bartolo freaking Cologne. We're going to pay him, what, $11 million? Is that what his option is for next year, what the contract is for next year? You want five starts of him this year and next year when he's 40-something years old, you want to give up prospects and pay that kind of money? No thanks. And I don't think Dayton Moore would, but I'm just telling you what the rumors say. And had Hendricks gone out there and got bombed tonight, and perhaps Ventura looks like he's not going to make his next start, the Royals might have more pressure to make a move. Give up prospects, add payroll. Now they won't have to, I don't think, because I think Hendricks can be trusted for at least one more start, maybe longer. That rotation slot's only got about five more times, and you would need Hendricks in the postseason, obviously. If you've got Duffy, Shields, Vargas, and Guthrie would step in before Hendricks' slot. So the thing is, now it's only five more slots. That roster spark comes open, even if Ventura does need to get shut down for the year. I don't think he will. I think he'll be okay. But it's good news on several fronts. Hendricks doing that tonight gives him more flexibility with Ventura and less apt to rush him back. Wade Davis, Greg Holland, dynamite as always. But the defense tonight, Alex Gordon made a top five play, dot, 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 for him. Not only a top five play of the night, surely the best play of the night, but also a top five play for him. I mean, his top 10 list, I'd, I'd love to see Alex Gordon's top 10 list. That's got to be top five. That's probably top two or three. There's been some great throws he's made, some great diving catches, some other great plays. The one on Danny Duffy's perfect game for the first, what, five and a third earlier this year comes to mind. The play he made there, maybe it was six and a third, however long he had in that perfect game outing where he got about two-thirds of the way through the game. That one's up there for catches this year. He's made some great throws. But to me, Pound for pound, going back on that, making the catch in a scoreless game, banging head first into the wall, holding on, getting right up. Top five of all time for Alex Gordon, possibly the best. Alcides Escobar flashed some leather on a great play. Ed Shortstop did the same thing last night, getting Vargas last night. That was amazing. Mike Moustakis, a nice solid play. I apologize for not giving you the exact details. I was at the game tonight, so it's a little tougher for me sometimes to give you the exact innings these happened. Moustakis must have been in the third inning or so. Noria Oki cutting off a ball and right. Holding, I believe it was Vargas again to a single. I mean, the, just there were so many plays tonight. The Royals are playing great right now on defense, and they're pitching once again tonight. And what wins you baseball games in October? Pitching, defense, getting on base, and getting some timely hits. Now, the Royals struggle sometimes getting on base. That's the one negative with the lack of plate disciplines we saw again tonight, the lack of walks sometimes. But the offense, let's talk about that. Not particularly inspiring through the first seven. Like we said, 70 pitches through seven. But give the Royals big credit in the eighth. As the guy that we tweeted about before the game at Royals Clubhouse, I said, and many Royals fans agree, why is Raul Abana starting three out of four games while Josh Willingham sits? Willingham has done nothing but produce since coming over. He gave up a nice prospect to get him. You're already going to struggle to find a bats for him in two weeks when Hosmer comes back. I don't understand why Abana is. I understand he has a nice career against Phil Hughes, and he did go one for three tonight with that big leadoff hit to start the eighth. So it ended up being a, a nice move for Ned Yost. Give Ned Yost another credit. 
We keep talking about it. People want to talk the negatives. I'm going to keep pointing out all the positives. Nice move putting in Abanez because he got a blue pit there to get things going. Ned made the right move of bringing in Kane, who swiped second. Mike Moustakis at the count of two and two gets that eighth inning really going. You know, the Abanez at bat was obviously key, but Moustakis two and two finds a way to hit the ball to the right side up the middle to Dozier, who was unable to throw him out as Moose slides into first. That's first and third with one out. Tough at bat for Christian Colon, who pops out on the infield, but then the Royals go to town. Gerard Dyson playing small ball, gets that bunt down to tie the game at one and get the base hit on that. Fielder's choice, technically, I guess. I think it's a base hit. Noriaoki then singles to score Mike Moustakis. And a nice play, I thought, by Dyson there. Moose scores to make it 2-1. to one. They had maybe a 30% chance of getting Moose. He probably was going to score with left fielder Jordan Schaefer, who never really even appeared to look at home. Never was. I mean, so probably... You see, but the point is, Dyson going to third ensured that Moose scores. Or I thought it was an okay move. So that's the second out of the inning. And then, bam, after that, Escobar singles. Gordon walks. Bases loaded. KC's up 2-1 to one after Dunsing walks. Gordon, they go to Fiend out of the bullpen. Billy Butler singles in two on a shot. Salvador Perez triples into the little fist pump, the clapping, firing the fans up at third base. I love it. Six to one, 10 hitters, a 30 minute half inning. Frenzy hitting. We see it all the time from the Royals. Detroit loses as well. And we're Isaac Hyde again here. Drug free, though. Two and a half. The Royals are up by that much in the AL Central. Better turnout at the gates. We had well over 17,000 tonight. Still not great, but. 17 and a half. If, if you had that during weeknights against the Twins when school starts, if, you, if you're selling out the weekends and getting around 20 against these kind of games, you can live with that this year. Tomorrow, and there's more good news, by the way, too. I have one more good news note after I preview tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's Tommy Malone against Jeremy Guthrie. We've been talking the last couple days here in the dish about Malone, how he's not the same pitcher away from the Oakland Coliseum. I love the Royals. They have got to just go to town on the starters soon. They haven't done it uh, the last three games. Haven't really touched the starters until late in the game, if at all. You know, Pineda shut him down, I guess, four games. Baker shut him down. Last night, couldn't get anything going. Tonight, couldn't get anything going. So Tommy Malone, his last outing against the Royals, just two starts ago for him, and ending in a third, six runs on four hits. It started raining, hits and raining. They're uh, at Target Field, Minneapolis. So I think the Royals can go to town on him again. I just have a good feeling about tomorrow. Did they get the sweep? Did they get it done? The Tigers are throwing... What, Lobstein tomorrow? I mean, give me the Yankees tomorrow. The Royals get a win tomorrow, and the Tigers lose. Three and a half becomes, once you get to September with a, with a four-game lead, that's substantial. The Royals can get that to four. And we were talking about that coming into this homestand. Six and four or seven and three homestand probably gets you a three and a half to four and a half game lead. You do that, and it's September? I mean, that's the, the, the Tigers have no way to get back in unless they smoke you head-to-head at that point. So the bigger the Royals can make this lead, obviously, I'm not saying anything you don't know or anybody doesn't know, the, the bigger the better as they go in to September. The good news I want to tell you real quickly here is that the Royals miss Corey Kluber this weekend. Corey Kluber, who maybe he's harder on the Royals than Phil Hughes is, but Kyle Gibson seems to be lately. He, I mean, him and John Lester seem to be like the two guys the Royals just can't hit, period. So Kluber, the Royals will miss him against Cleveland this weekend. So you, you get that win tomorrow, you find a way to get two out of three from Cleveland. Even if you lose tomorrow and get two out of three from Cleveland, you're fine, honestly. So the Royals are in good shape as long as they keep winning series. They haven't lost a series in their last 11 series. Amazing. By the way, one last comment tonight. I love home plate umpire Ron Culpa. Love how quick he is with his strike. Had a very consistent zone. Maybe missed one call the whole night for both teams. Nice and quick. 
authoritative. I loved it. So a uh, tip of the cap to Ron Culpa, one of the best umpires you'll see out there. And that's how in-depth we get here on Clubhouse Conversation. We break down the umpires. I also thought that the peanut guy had a couple bad lobs tonight. Not the normal peanut guy that throws it down there in Section 131. And missed his target by two rows, man. Working that arm a little bit. We're giving you all the analysis you can get here. The, the ground looked good. I think Trevor Vance did a nice job with the fertilizer. So there you go. It's Clubhouse Conversation. Breaking it down for you. Having fun as the Royals make a run towards October. We'll be back tomorrow night here on Dave O's Dish with Clubhouse Conversation. i got to be up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. It's currently 11.10 as I finish this up here, getting back from the K. Got to be up to MCA, American Cancer Society, Breast uh, Cancer um, kickoff tomorrow the breakfast they, they they do for the strides against breast cancer walk which comes up later in the fall but we'll be tomorrow morning bright and early for my real job here in radio in kansas city be there bright and early at the arrowhead club it'll be a pleasure to go back out there to the truman sports complex so better get some sleep right now we'll talk to you again tomorrow night here on dave o's dish go royals be excited you freaking should be